0: You bunch of fuckers, despite the provocation from the cavalry, no fighting. No fighting. No fucking fighting. No fighting. No fucking fighting! Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of The Wokecast. This is a bit of a special edition. Not only are we joined, as usual, by my sister from another mister, G from TV. What up, G? Hey, hey, what's
1: going on?
0: But we're also joined by the irrepressible Cal Cal Pacino. Eleanor, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing good, man. Thank you, man. Well, you know something, let's address the the elephant in the room because there's obviously a reason why you're on the um, WOCast with myself and G hosting um, what's actually, uh, in your own words, what's the turn of events that mean you are keeping us company as opposed to keeping um, James Gallagher company <laughs> uh, on this week's Bellator Dublin?
2: Just an absolute nightmare, really, to be honest. Um, basically, me brain scans flagged up um, a couple of weeks ago and see if I'm a rang us and said, there's something came up in your scans that um, the doctors or the neurologists are not happy with. They want you to get an assessment. Uh, so they told us to get an assessment. So I went to, I speak to Dan Hardy's manager manager, uh, Wad, and he put us in touch with a, a good neurologist, you know, one that's uh, worked with fighters before, one that's got a good uh, like, reputation. He's worked with a few bit different people and helped out. Uh, so I, I got trains to London. I went to see him and basically he told us this whole stuff about how my brain scans had changed so much in two years that it was really not looking great for my future at all and basically just didn't want us to spar ever again wouldn't sign us off to be able to fight and basically told us my career was over and that i had early starts of like um brain illness and that there was loads of stuff going on and he basically told us um to retire he said it he said i even like i offered to peer. i said can i just get a signature i says like obviously me fights in two weeks i'm not going to take any any more damage till then and it's just the fight and then I'm, I'm be done then if you need is to be uh just let us have this fight and he says there's no doctor who'll look at that sheet and sign you off and um, so basically then and left it uh, and i just had a whole deal trying to trying to find out what was what was going to happen and then it was looking like it was getting closer and closer and they were saying oh it doesn't look like your fight's going to happen and um, basically i got i, I was I, all i had was a report from my scans in 2017 That was just what the doctor had written about the images, but I didn't have the images. I kept trying to get the images. um, So I tried before Fort Nathan Grayson. I couldn't get them then. And then I tried, obviously, when this medical came about Mm -hmm. and I couldn't get them. Um, Someone tried to contact people in AFC. I couldn't get any luck there. And then my friend who lives in South Africa actually was like pestering the lab like crazy they were sending him on like wild goose chase, sent someone else and then someone else and he just didn't let off. And then basically eventually he got in touch with some woman there who actually helped him out and he got these images. Uh, he sent me the images over and I sent them to CFMME and basically what had happened was me, the doctor who originally did me tests in South Africa, had actually um, basically did, did either misinterpreted it or basically lied on my sheet. They said that I didn't have a gap in my brain and that I didn't have all these different spots, black spots on my brain from from damage or from whatever it was from. Um, when realistically, um, the scan images, when I sent them off, it came back and showed that I actually did already have these, so that's why they have seen now that I can actually return to fighting. All I had before was the reports, so they were saying from the 2017 images till now, the images now show that you have a gap in your brain and damage, but the report says that you don't. So the report was completely wrong uh, to what the images shown. So getting the images back from Alistair Bishop in South Africa really kind of like, saved my career, essentially.
0: So I have to say, um, I'm obviously no doctor, but I would have thought there is a element of negligence which has actually taken place there, because not only had you been given wrong information, in in your words, you know, you've been lied to, but it actually has... Cost you a fight to, a, a, well, to the extent where you know you thought that your career was actually over. I mean, in terms of taking this forward, in terms of getting some kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, some kind of justice. I mean, what's actually happening next?
2: Um, I'm not sure. I, I know that um, I'm allowed to fight again, so that's the silver lining. I'm allowed to compete again to actually provide for my family a bit there. But um, aside from that, I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I know. See MMA is going to get in touch with them and basically like write to them and, and not just complain like kind of speak to them as such because it's it's really it's unheard of you know what i mean like the doctor completely had it completely wrong on my scan like, it couldn't have been any more wrong if they tried and this is somebody who's supposed to do that as a job like you can't miss them four main signs that's came up in my brain scan so it's either I, I, I can't I can't make sense of it at all. But I just know that basically going forward, I, I'm going to be able to fight again. So that's all I'd, I've really thought about. You know what I mean? Like two, I've had the worst two weeks ever, and thought my career was done. And then to hear that yesterday has just brought it all back round. You know what I mean?
0: Wow. Well, that must have been a well a complete free well 180, considering where you were last week. And uh, that must have actually topped off. Your weekend. I mean, speaking of weekend, um, gee, what's that? I, 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 I rudely, mm-hmm. rudely passed over uh, our usual greeting. I just wondered what you were up to over the weekend. I mean, obviously there were fights to behold, but what else were you uh, indulging in?
1: The same stuff as usual. You know, my schoolwork and MMA, that's about it. UFC uh, Mexico City had my attention, you know, up until that main event, of course, if you guys caught it. Kind of um, very anticlimactic.
0: Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. And I think um, before we segue into basically what we're going to be covering on the show today, which is essentially the fallout from this weekend's UFC action, looking forward to what we have in terms of um, UFC Copenhagen this coming weekend, but also the Bellator action, which we have not just on Friday um, at Bellator, Dublin, but on Saturday as well. Now you can probably hear um, my voice has taken a tone for the deepness. Now I'm basically <laughs> fighting off. I don't know what it is. I'm calling it Barry Whiteism because I've essentially uh, deepened my voice ever so slightly, a couple of octaves lower. I'm using it now to um, well try and get some work as a voiceover artist. But no, all in in, in all seriousness, I am. Dying right now. But I've had good company over the weekend because I managed to finish off um the latest series of Top Boy. Has anybody actually been uh, tuning into that on Netflix apart from me? You said Tap Boys? Top Boy, basically, it's um it was rescued by Drake. What happened was uh I think it was about four years ago, Top Boy was a very popular series on our terrestrial TV over here, Channel 4. Basically, it follows the um, plight or the lives, the daily comings and goings of, um, how can I put it? They call them roadmen over here, but I mean, basically, basically they're drug dealers. And um, it follows the the, uh, the, the exploits of these drug dealers. And um, it's quite moving stuff because, because of the viewpoint, because of the vantage point, they are actually antiheroes. Um, We all know, obviously, the fallout um, that drugs actually have. So there's no way of actually sweetening it, but it's their personality. It's their lure. It's the way in which they actually, um, well, the performances are actually acted out by, in particular, Ashley Walters, a favourite of mine, and that make this compelling viewing. Almost as compelling, I have to say, as Peaky Blinders, which kind of like segues back to you, Cal. I know it's in the (laughs) lead-up to... Um, your matchup with James Gallagher—you had an almost peaky blinders um, look and feel. Was that like um, purposeful styling? Was that something which you chose um, not by accident? Was that something which was crafted and created specifically for you as a look?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, I um, I work with Master Debonair, and um, so basically, the, I, I'm an ambassador for their company. So, like, I get to wear. They send us outfits, and I get to wear them and promote promote their brand. Like when I do different activities, oh, wow. so say, for instance, like when I've got a fight coming up and press conferences and media and stuff like that, like I go in and basically like pick out what I what I think, like basically with Sally, the stylist, and think what I'd want to wear for whatever event I'm doing. Like I had a couple of good uh, outfits planned out for this week when I was going to be in Dublin, but obviously that fell through. But I've um, I've got like a few different ones. For other other events later in the year and stuff like that, like um, we do we do the races and stuff like that. So that's cool. I always get to wear nice nice fancy stuff when I do cool events. Like,
0: was it your entire corner who were going to be decked out as Peaky Blinders or just yourself?
2: No, just me. Just when I when I whenever I do any press or anything like that. So see if it's like a like an interview or something or like a like a press conference maybe before the fight or something. That's a a good opportunity. I like to wear like a new suit. Usually it's when like. um, if I can catch it when there is like a new launch shop on and well one that hasn't been like like um, put on the the shop yet, so it's pretty cool. Like I get to wear some some really nice stuff.
1: I can't front because I don't really watch that show, but when I seen you in some of those outfits, I was like, is this like a Peaky Blinders thing going on here? Like I was totally suspected that, but that's pretty awesome. And one day I am gonna watch this show because this is what Michael talks about. Every show,
0: it's good. it's good, isn't it? Okay, I gotta get into it.
2: It's really good, I. It is, it is good.
0: Like, put it okay. this way, G. You might be a little bit, you might be a little bit late to the party because series five has literally just wrapped. I do believe though they're going to start showing it in North America. I think within the next couple of weeks.
1: No, it is. No, I saved it. I just haven't watched it yet. I did. I did put it in my queue. I just haven't gotten around to it. But I think I'm gonna have to hurry it up because the way you guys love this show, I must be missing out.
0: You need it is really good, like it is. Mm. You need that in your life, G, by order of the Great. Peaky Great. fucking blinders.
1: And now, now I'm gonna get hooked to some new show on Netflix. No problem. Hey, hey, Mike, I got a question from somebody. They wanted me to ask Cal. Can I run it by him real quick?
0: Yeah, of course. Jump in.
1: Okay, great. Um, this is from uh, Josh Dow, and um, from MMA Twitter, and he said, "Now that uh, Cal Pacino MMA has been given the go-ahead to fight again, are we going to see him matched up against James Gallagher again? You think later on they might make this fight? Or are you going to push for it?
2: Hundred percent. I feel like um, in the if you think about the European kind of whole system that." they've got going on now. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that fight was the right fight that needed to happen anyway. Um for whatever reason, obviously it just wasn't meant to be on that show. But and I heard there's a, a show coming back up my way, back up Newcastle again, end of the year. I know James has been quite active, so if you want a bit of time off it was it's a fight I would even wait for. I feel like I've trained for to fight him. I put so much time into yeah. different part, aspects aspect of my game. Like I really like dedicated myself for his specific style like um so i just i feel like i've put so much into it like that's a fight i feel i deserve as well that's a kind of like the level i want to kind of be at now you know me in event slots yeah. and stuff like that that's where i feel like i should be and that's the kind of thing i feel like i deserve and i feel like i work so hard that it should come around i feel like it was taken from it this time completely out of my control and i feel like i just i've just thought that much and i just want to put it into existence and just do it you know what i mean so hopefully that is the fight that they run back I yeah. know they were happy and um, excited about the matchup so hopefully in um, smash Roman Salazar nothing against him but I just think if he loses I'll have a lot less chance of fighting James whereas if he wins and p- he's potentially uninjured then it means there's a good chance I could end up getting that fight and get it soon you know so I would I would like him to get the win and then hopefully uh, run a battle with me he said he would and I, I don't know. I just feel like that's the one that I kind of I want to fight next. You know, I feel like that's the one that's going to benefit me career the most and have the most eyes on it. So I definitely want to run it back. Yeah.
1: And speaking d-
0: of running it back, um, Yairo Rodriguez and Jeremy Stephens. That's definitely one which we're going to see run back after 15 seconds at UFC Fight Night 159. Um, it kind of ended kind of messily. Now, from where I was sitting, from all the slow-mo footage I've actually viewed, um, first of all, this for me was the main talking point of this card. Not only um, because of how, in contrast to what happened with Todd Dovey a few weeks back, this, I think, one looked genuine it looked like you know he couldn't obviously see from all intents and purposes and from all accounts his eye was actually spasming I mean Jeremy Stevens' eye he couldn't actually see out of it but what actually followed in terms of the petulant childishness I think of Yaya Rodriguez um, for, for further cemented in my mind that you know perhaps this wasn't a bad thing because we now want to see this with gusto and I have to say I personally wasn't that fired up about the first time around, but definitely the second time around. And what was your take on actually watching a G?
1: Um, I thought it was a legit you know, eye poke. The guy the poor guy couldn't open his eye even after five minutes of giving him a timeout, you know what I mean, to, to get his, get himself together and he just couldn't do it. It was involuntary. And um from what I'm hearing is you know, I, I read some articles and I watched some interviews. Yair doesn't seem to want to run it back. He says that he didn't want to take the fight in the first place and that Jeremy Stevens is lower ranked than him, so he's kind of turned off by doing a rematch. And he thinks that Jeremy should have fought through it.
2: I uh, See, I think, um, I just think that um, Jeremy Stevens is a veteran, you know what I mean? If you watch his mm-hmm. fights, he's been in some absolute wars. I just can't see any reason why he, at this stage in his career as well, would ever look for a way out, you know. I feel like he would, if it was possible, he would carry on. That's what the, that's what yeah. I think. I just think he's had that many absolute was and and uh, Rodriguez's eye was completely different. His wasn't from a port. He, I think it was a elbow or whatever Frank Edgar had hit him right. with. A, it was a massive black eye. It's completely different. I know it's shut just the same way as if it's been pork, but I just feel like it's a different kind of injury, you know. I feel like you can carry on when you've got a bit more of a black eye, whereas when When your eye's being poked, it's a completely different uh, sensation, you know what I mean? It's a completely different feeling, like, altogether. So, I I definitely think it was uh, legit.
1: Yeah, did you, Mike, did you see all the conspiracy theories online about how he faked it and stuff? I wanted to rip my hair out.
0: That's what I was going to, like, move in terms of a question to to Cal, because, yeah, you're right, Gina, I, I saw all of that. And for me, you're either a casual or... You've never been poked in the eye whilst you're trying to actually put one foot in front of the other, let alone, you know, um, take on what effectively is quite a formidable opponent. I mean, park what I said earlier about him being a petulant child, that still stands. But, you know, you can't actually take away from Rodriguez's skill base. And I don't think... Um, particularly that, you know, it being from what it's been described as a pulsing of the eye and the eye was actually scratched. There's no way, especially 15 seconds into the first round, um, that fight would have stood a chance of being anything but unfair.
1: There's no motive for him to do such a thing. He wasn't tired. He wasn't losing the fight. I mean, we've discussed Todd Duffy before and we've discussed Czech Congo, but the fight had just started. What motive would Jeremy have to just to just give up 15 seconds in and be like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, that doesn't make sense. And then he get there early, six, you know, and spent like $30,000 to train in Mexico City to get used to the, the altitude. And you don't do that to quit 15 seconds in, you know.
2: Exactly. He's time away from his family and stuff like that as well. It's like, yeah, you're not just going to go there and quit, you know what I mean? That's it's ridiculous to think he would even do that.
1: Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. What makes you say that um, Yair yeah, um, yeah was, uh, like, acting childish?
0: Well, it's when um, Bisping went over to him to console him and say, you know what, Um Let's all have a cool head about this. These things happen, quote-unquote, in MMA. And the way that he just railed on him, almost as though he wanted to start a fight, first of all, with Bisping, was just such a petulant move. But not only that, from the footage I've seen um, of yeah Rodriguez and um, Jeremy Stevens squaring up in the hotel lobby, again, that petulant child seemed to come out, albeit that um, it was Jeremy Who actually, I think, from the footage I saw, um, started pushing. But it just made me think. You know what? That whole Bisping and well, the whole Bisping uh, scenario, where you know he almost, as I say, wanted to um, start throwing hands with Bisping, was laughable. And I, I, I thought he was coming off like a petulant child. Plus, what made me laugh the most, though, was. Bisping, almost like, you know, big brothering him and still touching him on the shoulder when right. he quite clearly <laughs> didn't want to be around him. It was almost as though, you know, when you got like a, a little brother and you're like, yeah, you know what, there's nothing you can do. You need to just relax, cool your, cool, your, cool your backside right now because I will have the upper hand in this. I will punch a hole in your chest. I don't know where you think you are. It was almost, as I say, as though he was kind of like sunning him. Yeah. I oh, definitely did,
1: 100%. You saw his coaches had to like bring him in and give him a hug. Like he, he, he needed to be held, Mike. He needed a hug before he could do the interview. But, yeah, I agree. I think he was acting like a child. And I don't like some of the comments that he made afterwards. He's alluding to Jeremy should have been able to fight. And the footage that you saw, Jeremy explained later that he pushed him because – um, Yair walked up on him and was like, "You should have been able to fight through that." And kind of was contentious at that moment. And Jeremy was like, "This ain't this ain't an octagon. I'm just gonna come at you right now. Like, don't come at me like that. When you know this ain't my fault. You know what I mean? Like, I think Yair's is acting like a little bit of a diva because he is a huge star in Mexico. Like, people don't realize that he's huge in Mexico. So I feel he, like he's a
2: bit of being ridiculous as well for just for just the way he acted there. Like, he's the one who did the." the foul play, you know what I mean? He's the one who poked him in the eye, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's ridiculous like.
1: Yeah, like nobody really talks about it like you kind of put your finger in his eye, like you did it, you know? <laughs> you know. But it is pretty it's it was pretty anticlimactic and pretty uh, ridiculous and then of course all the conspiracy theories had me reeling, but it's, I hope they run it back. I really do.
0: They really need to. But, you know, Sticking with the UFC, they're pitching up their tent this coming weekend in Copenhagen with a card that's actually headed up by Jack Hermanston and Jared Cannonier. Now, for me, there are a few talking points below the card, like way, way below the, 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 the card. I'm looking forward, I have to say, um, to seeing uh, the debut of... Jack Shaw. Jack Shaw has been on the um radar of most people who do take in and purvey um European MMA. I mean Jack Shaw coming in unbeaten at eleven and oh. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he comes in. ...and her performs against Noahine um, Hernandez ...because for my money, I've not really seen um, Shaw in any wars, so to speak. I haven't seen him really being battle-tested. I've not really seen him um, being dragged into deep waters. I'm not saying he's been in easy fights... ...but those things which I've just spoken about... ...I've not seen him having to weather any particular difficulty... ...to the level that I feel that may be at his doorstep... ...when he actually goes into the UFC... How about you guys? Are there any um runners and riders as it were that you're looking forward to um before we get to the main event?
2: Gunnar Nelson.
1: Yeah, Gunnar Nelson.
0: Gunner Nelson. I I
2: am a fan of Gunnar Nelson. I like I like the way he fights. I think yeah, that's a fight I'm looking forward to. I wanna see him hopefully uh, get get back to winning ways, you know. I think I think that's an interesting fight for sure. Um the main event as well, I think the main event's cool, you know. Um but definitely Jack Shaw's an interesting one for sure as well. Um I'm interested to see how he, how he does in the UFC, like, for sure. Um, but, yeah, who uh, who else is on the bill?
0: From a European perspective, um, well, I would say from a UK perspective, we've got John Phillips, who's taking on Alan um, Amidovsky. And um, I'm looking forward, I mean, again, from a European perspective, see, to seeing Cyber Bahadurza, cyber the Killer. I think he should bring back that nickname. But for me, the one which... I really do feel will be fireworks, Nat. Mark D'Acasey taking on Lando Venata. Now, yeah. we know, we yeah, know yeah, that this is, this, wars is wars. this, this, this is going to be a difficult fight for Mark, but it's in his element. This is going to be a stand up war. Both have a stand up style that um, come forward style. Both basically are gonna keep it on the feet, and I really do feel this might be an opportunity for mark d k to solidify in people's minds that you know he's not a flash in the pan yeah
1: oh no i, I
2: think i think i think he's uh, he's uh, super athletic and he's really explosive he's a dangerous fight for anyone really yeah. i definitely think um they've both got um a couple of different things that in, in, in implement in the fight you know i feel like um I just feel like I feel like it's a good fight stylistically for Mark. Um, I just feel I don't know, I just feel like uh, Lando takes a lot of shots, but he's, he's super tough and he's really durable. But I th- I do feel like it it is a good fight for Mark, especially uh, kind of jump jump places as well and really really make a splash. You know what I mean? I feel like it's a perfect opportunity for him. It's a definitely fight. I'm probably probably the one I was looking forward to most. To be honest, I completely forgot about it being on the the card. <laughs>
0: How about you, G? There, is there any are, are there any standouts that you're actually looking forward to as well?
1: I'm with you guys. At the main event, you know, has got me going. Gunnar Nelson versus Gilbert Burns because Gilbert is a you know on on the low. Gilbert's a killer here, and he's fighting Gunnar, so that's going to be pretty fun. But Khalil Roundtree versus Ion could Kut- I can't say his name. Ion tell K- uh, How do you say his name? Cute K- Kut- There you go. Kut- yes this that is going to be a stand-up fight because they're both like awesome strikers and then Khalil Roundtree went to Thailand and came back a killer so I'm looking forward to that and of course um Mark Diakassi and um Lando is going to be nuts and I agree with you Cal I think um Mark has the upper hand he I think he I think you know, he should win, you know, because I agree with you, Lando's defense is not always up to par, and he takes a lot of shots.
2: He came in, he took that fight with Tony Ferguson on short notice, and he almost beat Tony, you know, it was... Oh,
1: it was, un- it was unreal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: unreal. One of my favorite fights of all time. Me too. So Me he's too. obviously super durable, you know what I mean? He's went the best, went went almost, went and nearly went to a decision with arguably one of the best, well, if not the best, like we, you know, aside from Khabib, who knows, you know, and... Went Nearly went the distance for him, so it shows you how good he is and how durable he is. So it's definitely a a tough fight for Mark.
1: Absolutely. And then, you know, we both know they're not going to go to the ground. You know, these guys are going to stand up and strike. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But yeah,
0: mostly the main event, though. I'm I'm intrigued, Mike. I was about to say, moving forward to um, this weekend's action, not only have we got Bellator on Saturday, but we've got Bellator on Friday. Bellator Dublin. Um, again, as, as I mentioned, Cal, it, is this kind of like um, a sort of a difficult one to watch for you, considering, you know, you being in the main event, considering what you've been through and considering, you know, really and truly, I've got it firmly fixed in my mind. And I think I mentioned to you the last time we spoke, I think that you would have actually presented uh, James Gallagher with his hardest opponent to date.
2: Yeah, um, it's one of them things, it's a bit, like, I definitely actually to, to be a struggle to watch it, like, I'm supposed to be out in Dublin, um, but I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get there now, um, so either way, I'll be, I'll be trying to tune in and watch it, though, but it's, uh, it is a bit of, of a sour one, considering, like, how much I put it into it, you know, I've got myself in the best year I've ever been in, and... It's just I it is. I've got so, so many people coming as well, like that's a, another signal, you know, like a lot of people put a lot of time in, took all these stuff like that to come and see. So it's definitely so but it just it just motivates us even more, you know, there's two ways I would deal with it. I would either just let it consume us or I would just really use it as fuel and just really to get back to work and just really push and try and try and get the best get this fight back or get the best available one possible, you know. So I'm just gonna watch it and just use it use it to motivate us even more and get back to them kinda them kind of stages, you
0: know. And in watching it, um, you know, just before, you know, we give G a chance to kind of like break down what exactly she's looking forward to, you're obviously in uh, a a, a better vantage point now. You're probably going to be, I take it, in front of a 50-inch TV watching this. But, um... On the actual preliminary cards, were there any uh, match-ups that you'd be trying to sneak a peek if you were actually, you know, still at the hotel, I take it, getting ready to move to the arena? Were there any uh, match-ups where you thought, yeah, I want to take a sneaky look at that one?
2: Yeah, definitely, 100%. There's, um, I'm really interested in watching Jake Hardley and Blaine O'Driscoll. I think that's going to be a, a, a really, really good fight, actually. I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Um Dominic Wooding and Milan both, that'll be a great fight. I'd definitely uh,
0: be watching that one. Um, Just on that, I'm just intrigued just to to get your take on this. Um, Dominic Wooding, um, his sparring partner, uh, Nathan Grayson, was uh, sadly cut from um, the Bellator roster you obviously faced him previously what were your what were your thoughts on that having faced him you know what he's capable of you know his calibre you know his potential what was your actual thoughts on him actually being cut
2: Um, it's sad Um, I I really um, I hold him in like a high high place you know I think he's an awesome fighter and I feel like it's a shame I feel like um. Obviously, with a fight, I feel like, obviously, he showed, showed how dangerous he can be. You know, he kicked my head in for a good few minutes, you know. And then, um, aside from that, like, I feel like he's see, see him when he fought Marambo, You know, I feel like he got off to a bit of, a, like, a, a decent start. He nearly had him in a guillotine. Um, I thought he was looking really well. And then he was hitting some lovely doubles, you know, like Matthews-esque double leg at one point. He looked awesome Then Got caught in a choke, you know, what happens. I just feel like he hit a, just an unlucky stint that it happens. You know, it's fighting and, I just feel like it's a shame, but I feel like if he was to get back in, I feel like he'd be an absolute monster. I feel like he he could easily get back to wherever he wanted to do. You know, if if he just gets some more fighting, definitely. I feel like he just needs to overcome that little little losing stint that he's on. But I definitely see him as a tough fight, and I feel he's like a tough fight for anyone in this division. Um, same as same as Dominic. really good. You know, like a uh, flashy flashy striker. Yeah, uh, I like to watch watch his fight as well. I feel like he's got a tough tough fight in his hands when he fights Franz Malambo. Um, Franz fought uh, one of my training partners a long time ago, so he's like I, I like I've knew who he was for a while, you know. So I, I rate him as well. So it's it's definitely a fight that I'm super looking forward to. But um, I, to answer your question, I, I don't really know. Um, I, I think I've answered it have I? Oh. <laughs> so,
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I I feel so. I just got lost in the, the styles, and I was thinking about
2: the fights and
0: stuff. I'm intrigued, though, by what you said there. I mean, you you talked almost, um, what's the word I'm looking for, with with utmost respect when you were talking about Dominic Wooding. I know it's your way. I know it's the way that you actually, uh, your persona, um, you exude respect. But um, it strikes me, though, this particular match-up, Franz Malambo versus Dominic Wooding, um, there may be another reason why you're keeping a close eye on that. Because if you don't mind me saying the winner of this matchup would make a very suitable candidate for your return to the bellator cage
2: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. definitely super super aggressive styles both of them you know it's uh, either one of them either one of them's a tough fight you know um but as i say as i've said many times before in the past like that's the only fight i ever want to be involved in you know if it's james next if it's whoever i don't really care I just i just want big fights that's <laughs> why so it's awesome you know like these these are people who I've watched for a while, anyway. You know what I mean. So it's no different there. These are the, these are the this is the the league I'm in now. You know I want to fight the the top guys. That's why I'm signed Bellator. You know, like that's all I care about. So definitely, it's another one that's a fun one to watch. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that one. Um, but there's other good fights in the card as well. You know, it's a, it's <laughs> one of the best match cards I've seen for a long time. Um, the co-main event's awesome as well. It's a, obviously. I think a lot of people are writing uh, Keely off. Or is, do you pronounce it Kylie? Richard Kylie, Keely. Kylie. I don't know how you pronounce Kylie.
1: It's, it's Kylie. Remember, Mike. He he made sure that you said his name correctly. <laughs> it is Kylie. He,
0: he he sunned me royally. He made sure that I said his name and said it properly.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward to that too
0: before we we, um, race up the card. I'm intrigued. I'm not sure if you agree with me here, G, but I really do see Franz Malambo versus Dominic Wooding as... The Black Panther versus Killmonger, because their <laughs> styles, they've got that kind of like, well, not only has Dominic Wooding got that um, Black Panther persona. So I mm-hmm. think that's a nice tie. And I would really do see Franz Malambo as, you know, a type of Killmonger, because I do feel that, that that is one phenomenal matchup in terms of style. I mean, just before we like race ahead, I'm intrigued, you know, at this stage in the card, um, if there were any matchups that you were particularly looking forward to.
1: Um, yeah, um, same ones as y'all. And also, of course, that co-main event, uh, Michael Page, Richard Kiley, Um. Yeah, same ones. Of course, I want to see the main event. And I'm I'm with Cal. I'd like to see Roman kind of lose here so that Cal can get his shot. I think it'll 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 sell better. You know what I mean? If if Roman beats him, then you know James's uh, momentum goes down. And I think you're right. Like he deserves to fight. You know, main event, big name. And if you take him out, forget it. You know, like you're on your way definitely. So looking forward to that. And.
0: Again, what, what really does intrigue me is directly above um, Franz Malambra and Dominic Wooding is uh, Leah McCourt and Kerry Hughes. Remember they were on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, one of the intriguing things is I do see... Um, Kerry Hughes's aggressive style as being a problem for Leah McCourt. I, I just love the way, though, I mean, just whilst we're on these two, why I'm looking forward to this so much is I see Leah McCourt as a really fantastic brand ambassador for Bellator. I mean, everything she does online is vibrant, it's positive. She basically wasn't having any of my nonsense when I wanted to have Leah McCourt uh, come in <laughs> and speak directly to Kerry Hughes. She's all business. She's all, look, let me just deal with training. I'll happily speak to you on a one-to-one. But no, I don't want no drama. I basically want to come in and do my drama in the cage. So I'm really looking forward to that. But just because I feel that this is an intriguing matchup, why would they match Leah McCourt with Kerry Hughes, Hughes, who right. I, I really do feel that aggressive style is going to be a problem.
1: I agree. I think um, I think her hands are going to be too much for her. And um, and then she was just so quietly confident when, when you interviewed her, Mike, you know, like that. No nonsense that she's just going to go in there and upset the party, you know, like, I don't know. I think she's the dark horse. And I agree with you. I think Kerry Hughes is going to be a little too much for Leah. I also see Will Fury is also fighting. I remember him from that interview <laughs> with Fabian Edwards as well. That should be pretty cool.
0: Another one, another one who sunned me and and, and told me how to pronounce his name. His name is not yes. Will Flurry, it's Will fucking Flurry.
1: No, but you know, these fighters that talk like this on the show, I now instantly look out for them when I watch Bellator, because I remember, you know, and Richard Kylie and Will fucking Flurry <laughs> it is one of them. Hopefully we'll get that fight with Fabian one day because I definitely think Fabian will kick his ass. So we'll, we'll, we'll I'll,
0: keep, I'll pu- keep my fingers crossed. You know, I, I really do feel flying under the radar only because there's been no build up. There's been no hype. There's been no shit talk. And that is Ryan Scope versus Peter Queeley. I yeah. really do feel, is he going by big baby these names, Ryan Scope? But I really do feel big baby um, will be a problem for Peter Queeley. I mean, look what he did in his last outing. Mm-hmm. yeah um
2: obviously ryan's my teammate as well so i know exactly what he's like yeah uh, yeah definitely he's super tidy super sharp and he's he's good all round. i think people just think of him as one style because i watch his flashy striking style but he is he's really good all round, and um it's definitely a big ass for peter but you know peter, uh, obviously uh peter's a great fighter too you know he's he's a uh, he's a grinder and he's good at what he does you know he he gets in your face and he makes it hard work for you and it's hard to fight against that kind of style and look, like kind of impose your style, you know, it, it, it's an awkward one. So it's definitely a, a fun matchup to to look into. Like, um, it'll just be cool to see what, what uh, goes down on the night and see who can Im- implement what they want to do, you know, because I feel like your feet to get you up against the fence. is hard work, but I feel like Ryan's hard to gauge that range with. He's, he's so sharp and his movement's nice as well. So it'll be an interesting one to see for sure.
0: And he's so unassuming. I remember the first time when I met him, must have been about eight years ago. We went out on a shopping trip. Basically, um, I was doing a little behind-the-scenes documentary for a smaller promotion called Made for the Cage, and he was featured on that. Anyway, cut long story short, I thought, this guy... He can't fight. He must be some kind of supermodel who's moonlighting and just trying to make a few shepherds for himself. Because, you know, obviously as a heterosexual man, I have to say this, man is pretty good looking and he shouldn't be fighting. But, you see, that's what's so unassuming about him. I mean, really and truly, looks are (laughs) deceiving because he is aggressive once he starts, well, when he basically steps in that cage. It's like zero to 60 real quick.
2: Definitely. He's a really good fighter. Definitely a good talent for sure.
0: So, we're on to the co-main event now. Michael Venom-Page and Richard Kylie. I mean, OK, we touched on it earlier, but, you know, just just I'm playing devil's advocate here. Richard Kylie, he does talk a good game. Do we feel, collectively, that Richard Kylie may have bitten off a little bit more than he can chew?
2: I definitely think it's a super, it's a super tough fight for him, you know, but uh, the more I think about it, like... I I always like to vote, like root for the underdog. You know, I feel like a lot of the time, that's me in that position. People are always saying that I'm going to lose, and I feel like it, being in that position gives you a certain kind of confidence. And I feel like he's got nothing to lose at all. Like, yeah, I guess like obviously it's in his, his, it's in Ireland, you know, and there's a lot there. But aside from that, realistically, like it's it's a uh, it's a lot of pressure on Michael van page, You know, I feel like yeah, especially coming off a. Uh, a loss like his last one, you know. I'm not saying obviously it's going to be this way, but a lot of the time you can, you can get knocked out and jump straight back into camp, and then be taking shots again, and then you come back and you, you know, you don't not taking a shot as well, or you lose your confidence, or whatever. You know, anything can happen, and especially with them little gloves on. And the thing about uh, Richard is, he's obviously going to be given he's going to try and put one on him, you know. So who knows? Like, uh, stranger things have happened. You know, he could definitely uh, <laughs> land a shot and come away with something like I'm not. Putting any eggs in any basket, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to look at it for what it is. And I feel like, yeah, uh, there's going to be loads of pressure on my oven and page for sure.
1: Do you know what I noticed? I noticed that uh, Richard Kiley got into MVP's head, which is so rare because he's usually the one that gets, you know, in people's heads. And I saw a press conference or some type of conference and MVP shoved him. And I was like, wow, like he's upset. And he's never usually the one that gets upset. He's the one that is instigating and starting things. So I think... That works in Richard's favor. That you know he's already in MVP's head, but I do think MVP just has a little bit more experience with him, with with fighting, excuse me. And I think it's going to be a good fight, but I think MVP gets it done, and Richard will learn from this.
2: He's a sound dude, actually. You know, I fought him recently, and he's actually I, I I never never met him before or anything like that, and I spoke to him. He's actually a really sound dude. So I kind of like rooting for him a bit. You know, I, I, I love the underdogs getting in there. And- Getting it done, you know. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm hoping he does well, like.
1: And it's so funny. I'm, I'm rooting for him too. I actually hope he wins. I'm not, I'm not the biggest MVP fan. Like he distracts me with all his shenanigans and stuff like that. So, and I think he's a bit cocky. I mean, I enjoy watching him fight, but I do hope Richard pulls up the upset. That would be so much fun. You know, that'd be so crazy.
0: <laughs> <coughs> you know, I'm gonna throw this out there just as a, a wild card, and that is. You know yourself, G. When Richard was on the show, he put something to us which I hadn't actually considered before. He's fighting a world champion kickboxer in Michael Venom Page. But Richard is also a champion kickboxer himself. So you can't really look at his 3-1 and MMA record because this will be contested on the feet. You can't really look at uh, Michael Venom Page's 14-1 and record because, again, this is going to be con- contested on the feet. But another thing which Richard left me with or, uh, you know, left us with, I mean, he was on the show with us both, was the fact that, you know, Michael Venom Page is coming off a knockout and it just shows that he can be touched. But I suppose the most important thing here is it's clear, it's very, very clear that Michael Venom Page is looking way past Richard Kiley. But for me, I really do feel the disruptive style of Michael Venom Page, the the irregular rhythm, the way in which he actually chops up um, going high, going low with his spinning techniques and the flurries and, and, and basically um putting together combinations which are a distraction until, you know, just like uh just like um, you know, a snake, he actually strikes when you least expect it. So I, I personally am going with Michael Venom Page. You know what? You know what I feel coming on right now? And uh, sorry to blindside you, uh, Cal, but G has a fantastic um, push-up challenge, which she has created, which is essentially (laughs) a viral sensation. What I want to do here, I want to challenge you. I'm calling you out for the co-main event. I think we both know what's actually going to occur in the um, main event, even before we get there. But I'm calling you out for the Welterweight co-main event, Michael Venom Page versus Richard Kiley. I'm calling you out, and that is 25 press-ups. I'm going with Michael Venom Page, (laughs) which leaves you with Richard Kiley. Are you willing to take this this, this, this challenge? (laughs) Definitely, 100%.
1: All right. I finally got a fighter in the challenge. Thanks, Mike.
0: (laughs) Now, what this effectively means is if Michael Venom Page wins... You owe me and the camera because you have to film it and G because you have to tag her in it. You owe us all 25 press ups. If Michael Venom Page loses, I owe you 25 press ups. So just for the purposes of the tape, (laughs) just for clarity, just to ensure that everybody listening to this podcast, you are happy to take those odds and to take that challenge. 100%.
2: 100%. Well, it should there should be a clause in it because obviously <laughs> on the page is a heavy favorite, so it should be if if Richard does pull it off, you should you should have to do a double or something like that. <laughs> That's
0: Yay. the way it should work. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll put it this way. Put it this way. I am happy with those odds and that is if Richard Kylie does actually put it off, I will do 50 50, name Woo! them. Again, 50 push-ups, yeah?
2: Get
0: them shoulders wander. <laughs> so you're 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 effectively closing the, the show with me now, um Cal. But you know, you know when you know you, you you got obviously news of James Gallagher's opponent being Roman Salazar, first of all, you know, what was your reaction? And secondly, you know, I put something out online and um it was something to the effect of um I really do feel that you know, someone like Dominic Wooding is ready. There, there's a history there. There's a story there. Perhaps Dominic Wooding um, is someone who can actually step up um, and actually take your spot. I mean, what was your own thought on that?
2: Um, I say it's a hard one because then where's the where's the kind of I'm trying to think of the word the justice for France if his opponent gets to. Just ditch him and go to another another fight, you know. I kind of feel like the bout, like the bout agreement signed there. That's kind of like a, it's 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 a deal kind of thing, you know. And I feel like it's a bit a bit harsh if he builds out on that one. He's obviously trained to fight him, you know. And then it it gives France like a a kind of a short straw. So then, realistically, does he get another opponent, or does they pull him some short notice guy in or what? You know, and it's, it's not really fair on him. So. I definitely feel like getting him a, a last minute opponent and keeping the other fights the same was the way to do it. You know, I feel like that's the the most honest way to do it. You know, um, and good on good on Roman for getting in there, and taking the opportunity. You know, uh, <laughs> it broke me heart like, but uh, it's good to see. It's good to see James has still got an opponent as well. You know, I didn't want to see him with no fight after every uh, like how hard he's worked. So it's it's fair. You know, I, I feel like that's the right way it should have happened. Like I didn't know really know who Roman Salazar was before this but you know I'm sure I, I'm sure I will after you know like obviously so it's it's good for him that he stepped in on it but um I couldn't really I didn't really know anyone else who could have stepped in in the whole kind of European series that they're kind of trying to build you know I feel I've seen a lot of people outside of Bellator asking for it and stuff like that, but I just feel like they, I don't know they've got kind of a good dynamic going now with the kind of the kind of characters they're building in the, the organisation, you know, so I feel like it was the right the right call to get him in, in in for the fight.
0: And, you know, just on the actual fight itself, I mean, first off, how do you see this going down? Obviously, this is a last-minute call-up for Roman Salazar. Obviously, you know, James um, being the headliner, being the, the favourite, is um, obviously um, in a position where he wasn't going to take anything, which was... Um, going to be too testing. Let's, let's you know, be perfectly clear and honest about this. But, you know, how do you see this playing out?
2: See, I haven't really watched a great deal of that Roman Salazar's fight. I've seen his record and I checked him out a bit and maybe I watched, I think maybe I watched one of his fights and it looks all right, you know, I feel like, but it, I don't know if he's going to be Anywhere near fight ready or anything like that. Like I've seen on his on on one of his profiles that he's that he steers ready or something like that and he he looks like he's in decent shape. I feel like he's got quite a maybe quite a big cut on his hands as well to, to kinda of get down to the weight ready. I know it's a catch weight at one forty, but I still think he looks like he's got a lot of cut. and uh, maybe that'll play a, fa- a factor in it. But I think he'll probably come out and you know, he's he's tested, he's fought in the UFC and stuff like that, so maybe he'll come out and he'll be maybe Art would at first until the until he starts to slow perhaps and then I feel like James will probably maybe submit him, you know. Um, I think that's the the kind of outcome I'm hoping for but who knows, you know, I, 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 he could turn up and try and really really take his chance, you know, and really, really go for it and try and put it on. James can try and go out to win, you know, so it could be interesting for sure but I, I, I do see it going the way I think most people think it'll go and I, I think James will, will probably submit him in the second round.
0: And, you know, just before we wrap up, I was intrigued, you know, obviously um, your career in Bellator, in your mind's eye, you've obviously mapped that out. And in particular for the end of the year. Now, there's a show um, obviously being put together for November do you feel that, you know, that's a card that you'd be particular or particularly interested in, considering, you know, how fight ready you are at the moment, considering, you know, the the, the the botched way in which, you know, your results were actually presented and put together and actually displayed?
2: Yeah, it's an it's an option. I've been asked for it anyway. Um I've got a few different grappling events coming up um just before that, so I'm not really sure if if that's gonna be an option, you know. Um I'm just gonna wait and see see what the date of it exactly is and and see what they're offering and stuff like that you know and if it's doable I'll do it but um, preferably if I had the chance I would like to be uh, maybe December would be a better time for me to fight if that was an option you know but um, I'll just see what they offer you know see what they come back with and see see once this week ends out the way and see where I'm at exactly you know and see what the uh, the results are and see who the kinda maybe what thinking about, you know, match wise and stuff like that and f- hopefully it is for December that will work better for me but I, time will tell, you know, um see what gets offered, I guess.
0: Nice. You know, I, I just wanted to double back to what we were talking about earlier about Peaky Blinders so I take it you're a big fan of the show, right?
2: Yeah, for sure, yeah. I was, um, I only started watching it about, was it about a year ago or maybe maybe even less than that and, because everyone, all I would ever see on <coughs> Facebook, social media and stuff was people banging on about it all the time. And I hate watching a show uh, at the present time when everyone else is watching it yeah. because of the spoilers. Like, so I literally just blanked it off for ages. And then I just watched it, like binge-watched it all the way through, you know, and I've just finished it. Like, I know this season's on now. We've just finished that season there. So... Uh, I am. I'm a fan of it for sure. I I, I enjoy it. Like I like the uh, the gypsy fellas. <laughs> I think they're pretty sick.
0: <laughs> you see, just like yourself, I I really don't run with the crowd. So as soon as you know the whole melee died down, it must have been about two months ago. No, three months ago that I started to just watch it on Netflix, and I was hooked. It is absolutely <laughs> incredible, Killian Murphy. I mean, really and truly, what a well drawn character um Tommy Shelby is. I mean, just on that, do you think there are any particular characters in the in the in the story that you identify with? If you were to be a Shelby, which which Shelby will you be? Oh let's not just leave it at the Shelby's. I mean, would you would you be would you be more um would you be one of the Italian mobsters or would you be one of um Alfie Solomon's men? I mean, just 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 run us through who you would be.
2: Alright Shifty, yeah, uh, Arabama, gold fellas, mate. <laughs> I reckon I'd be up with them gypsy squad, like.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Well, you know, no, no spoilers. He he actually uh, met an unfortunate end. But um, are you sure you want to you, you want to cut cut short your 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 role? I mean, really and truly, I would have thought you'd been going for longevity. <laughs> I
2: I, I, would, I would love to be one of the the pity blind squad, but I was uh, I just feel like that lifestyle there. The gypsies traveling different places and, and riding horses and shit. I I feel like that's more more the kind of dream dream for me. Like I think that's the ones I'd be with. Like, <laughs> when, when having like little daft scr- scraps in the barn and stuff like that.
0: You know, you know something. I I if I was. Um, cast in there, I, I don't think I would be with the Shelbys because I I, I just can't help but feel that that's not going to end well. I think I'll be a Billy Boy, to be honest with you. At least you can like duck out. I don't think they're going to wipe out the entire Billy Boys. But obviously, um, I, I really do feel there's going to be um, gloves off once um, their truce actually, um, it, when they make truces, and when they make a truce, it's never long lived anyway. I'd, but, you know, if, if it were me, I, I would rather be, you know, one of the flipping Billy boys instead of, a, you know, uh, one of the Shelby's because, you know, they seem to be meeting um, untimely ends. Aye. <laughs> I hope Arthur dusts that Billy Boy like I kind of stand in like. It just shows you though the power of the actual um, characters and and in particular the actors because the guy that plays um, Walter Moseley, he is one of the creepiest individuals I've ever seen on screen but hearing him talk away from the screen because i watch like or listen to other podcasts um one being i do i do recommend it it's called um, obsessed with peaky blinders where they have guests Um, from the show, one of them being um, the the chap that plays Walter Mosley and he is such a charming, engaging individual. He's a hundred miles away from the character that he plays, Walter Mosley, but, you know, well acted, the cinematography is fantastic, the photography is amazing. I really can't recommend Peaky Blinders enough, to be honest with you.
2: Definitely see him, I think it's it's an awesome show, awesome story, you know what I mean? I I, I do think it's a one of the best TV series I've seen, to be honest.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, what does the rest of the week actually hold for you? I take it that um, you're not on, um, you know, celebrity uh, or guest fighter duties over in Dublin. They're not flying you over for that, no?
2: Um, But yeah, I was meant to be over today, but, um, I've got a lot going on. My mum's just been took into intensive care again, so I'm just kind of staying at home uh, dealing with that. But, um, I was gonna try and get a last minute flight out. Uh but all this Cook, Thomas Cook Tom's Cook thing that's going on is um uh, changed the prices of the flights by a ridiculous amounts. So oh, it's like see. triple the price, Are yeah. You being so serious? it's like ridiculous. Uh uh-huh. So I'm just gonna try and get a cheap flight, and maybe go out go out there fight there perhaps. But it it all depends on the the um the, the flight situation, I guess.
0: Wow, I mean this whole Thomas Cook fiasco. I mean, not only are, you know, over 9,000 people going to lose their jobs, not only are you looking at people, I mean, being forced, repatriated back to the UK because, you know, they, they can't guarantee them a flight out there. But, you know, you're looking at the destruction on the breaking up and the dissolving of, you know, an institution of this country that's been going like basically, you know, close to 100 years
2: yeah, it's crazy, man. It, it is. It's uh, it's absolutely
0: wild, like, man. But there you go. I I don't know. If, I don't know if if you agree with this, but you know the demise now of um, Thomas Cooks just seems to be a sign of the times. Because I, I, I obviously you know you're way younger than me, but I'm sure you remember the days of Woolworth, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Sunland all
0: the way. Uh uh-huh. And there you go. A a a. a, a I would say an institution, I would say, mm-hmm. um, is no more.
1: And yeah, it just seems really.
0: to be happening over and over again. The old guard, the old institutions, the old brands that you and I grew up with just seem to be being rubbed out. Yeah, it's like they can't
2: compete. I it's, mean, it's crazy. Like,
0: Well, it's just... <laughs> It, it, it just shows you really that the power of the internet, the reach of the internet, it actually drives costs down, and it makes. I mean, in the case of Thomas Cook, it makes you the um, makes you the the, the in the driver seat it puts you in the driver's seat with regards to putting your holidays together. You could put together a hotel, flight, car. It puts you as a travel agent, so you don't really need someone like Thomas Cook. I mean, hence the reason why they've now gone out of business.
2: Well, that's the new. Uh the new uh, lady job of 2019, isn't it? Yeah. I've seen all these online, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, holiday, what's it called? Like uh, <laughs> mobile um, holiday bookers. I'm trying to think of the word, travel agent. Like a mobile travel agent. There's, there's some people who I know who, who are doing that from home now. Really? And that on. <laughs> yeah, that's, honestly, there's, I've seen a few. Uh, locally, that that must be the new in-job uh, in that they're all going for, like.
0: <laughs> but if you think about it, it, it just makes so much sense. It does actually create these cottage industries, these co- uh, cottage economies, because the internet is putting you know things like cheap tickets, whether it be hotel accommodation, whether it be flights, whether it be you know hire cars at people's fingertips. So yeah, you 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 you're in effect by the very virtue of the fact that you can put these packages together yourself or create a cottage industry around it, um, that is actually leading to the demise of these older um establishments.
2: Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. It's um it's a good thing and a and a bad thing really, isn't it? It's a bit a bit of a nightmare for the the old industries and stuff like that. Like the, as you see the old uh, like the Thomas Cooks and stuff like that, but at the same time for the for the customer, I guess it's much better. Obviously you've got you on free range and you're gonna save money, so I guess it's it's a pros and cons, isn't it, of the whole thing.
0: Exactly. Well, that about wraps up this Week's edition of the WoCast. It's been such a pleasure kicking it with not just G from WoTV who had to cut her uh, weekly um, stint with me short as uh, priorities obviously being um, the order of the day. I do understand that. But also it was a pleasure being joined by Cal, Cal Pacino, Eleanor. Cal, how can people reach out to you on Twitter or social media? How can people get in touch and actually chew the fat with you continue conversations, which we started here this week?
2: Um, just add us on Twitter or on my Instagram, Calpacino MMA, and I get back to everyone, you know. I just, just give a message on there or follow us and just have a bit of crack on where on there. No bother at all.
0: Fantastic. And as usual, listeners can get me on Mike Woe TV on Twitter. Until next week, make some trouble.